0: Hello, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. As you probably know by now, I created this podcast to give you all kinds of strategies to help you start and grow your show. And with a lot of these episodes, it naturally leads into discussions about growing your business as a whole and not just your podcast. So today's episode is focused on that, growing your business and specifically growing an online business without using paid ads. We are joined by Ashley DiMarcurio, who is sharing five ways to do this. These tips are going to be especially helpful for any of you who are just starting out in your business and really don't have a ton of money to spend to get things up and running. I am a huge fan of organic marketing and podcasting is a great example of that along with other ideas that Ashley is going to share today. Even if you are someone who's had your business for a while now, you're not new to this, I really think that this episode will still be really great for you because it may help to give you some reminders about getting back to the basics and doing a quick check on some of those foundational marketing efforts that really should be continued no matter what phase of business you're in. I hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today to talk all about ways that entrepreneurs can grow their business without using paid ads or paid traffic. Welcome.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk about this topic because I know a lot of educators when they're starting their business, they feel like they're going to have to put all this money into ads or they don't know what to pay for and what not to pay for. So I've really grown my business through organic marketing and through traffic online. So I think it's going to be, we're going to have some good tips.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love this topic. And I think especially when people are first starting out, you know they're looking for ways to build their business and build their audience without having to spend a ton of money and even even once you do grow your business i think it's totally possible to continue scaling and continue growing without spending a ton of money on marketing so i am super pumped to jump in but before we go into your tips can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got to where you are today
1: yeah absolutely so I started teaching online as a um, an ESL teacher with um, VIP Kid, actually several years ago. Gosh, five years ago now, maybe. And I applied on a whim. I started working for them, and it was really eye opening for me because it showed me that children were learning online now. Because up until that point, I my experience with online learning was like a college student, you know, so going into like Blackboard and reading the article and responding, you know, that to me, yes. didn't, how would a kid do that, you know, so that really opened my eyes to this whole new world. And once I saw that there was this possibility to teach online, I thought, well, maybe I could just do my own thing. You know, maybe I could maybe there are people out there tutoring kids online, you know, by themselves, not through a company. And of course, this was all pre pandemic. So it was a little bit Hard in the beginning, getting started because people weren't familiar with Zoom. They weren't as familiar with online learning. Now, nowadays, people are very familiar with it and much more comfortable, um, you know, doing that. So that's a huge help for all the all the online tutors getting started now. Yes, but so that's how I sort of got your reading tutor. The brand um, was born was through that business, and then as I started to scale and grow that business other teachers were coming to me, other educators and asking, you know, how did you do that? How did you streamline that system? How did you, how are you getting students? How did you grow so quickly? And I realized that there was a lot of potential for me to start working with other educators. And what I discovered was that really, um, really lights me up. I really love collaborating. I love sharing how I've been able to sort of well, have been able to leave the traditional classroom setting and have my own online teaching business that I'm really in the driver's seat, right? I get to make my own schedule and I get to live this life that I never thought was possible (laughs) with my teaching degree. You know, I thought I would have to be in a brick and mortar forever. And now to just share that with other people, you know, and people decide to leave the traditional Classroom for all kinds of reasons now more than ever. But I, what I want to show people is just because you leave the classroom doesn't mean you have to stop teaching because so many of us love the teaching, but are struggling with some aspect of the public school setting. And so that's sort of how I started working with other educators. I, I started just mentoring one on one people, you know, as they came to me. And then I, started thinking about how I could reach even more educators and that's how the summit was born that I ran last February uh the teachers make money online summit which is where I met you so yes <laughs>
0: yes I know it was a great summit and you're doing another one this summer which we'll be sharing more information about soon that I'm super excited about and I I love your story because there's so many similarities I was a teacher as well I actually did VIP kid that was one of the first things that I tried out because I'm sure as so many listening, when you're a teacher, you really feel like there's no other options. Like what do you do with your teaching degree? What is out there? Like this whole online business space was totally foreign to me. And I'm sure that's how you felt at first and how everybody else feels. And the reality is the opposite is that as a teacher, you have so many skills to be a successful business owner. And there's so many things that you can teach other people. So I love that you were able to discover that and now you're able to help other educators start their businesses. So now that you're helping educators discover that they can be great business owners and they can start their own businesses, let's talk about some of the ways that you teach that people can get started and can grow a successful business without Using paid traffic. And I know that you have kind of five really great tips that you like to give people, and that we would love to learn from you today. So, awesome. Tell us all your secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah. So, the first one might seem kind of obvious, but one thing I've encountered when I'm working with uh, new educators or new to the online space um, is they are nervous at first to talk about what they're doing. And so, the first tip is to talk about your business every day and really get comfortable sharing about what you're doing. So, you know, in the beginning, maybe you're just sending an email to your contacts. So people you already know, your friends and family, and you're not asking them for a sale, but you're just talking to them about what you're doing, right? These are people that already like you, they already know you, and you're just sharing about this new, exciting thing that you're doing. And then moving into the online space, is that's going to go into our second tip, but, but really just getting comfortable talking about your business every day, whether it's to people you meet in person or online. So one of the things I've done in person is just whenever I'm in a situation where there's small talk, right. And somebody says, well, what do you do? Like get really comfortable saying what you do. (laughs) right? You know, I have an online business. I tutor kids in ages K through eight, or, you know, I am a podcaster and I, you know, interview who you interview. Like, so just, and even if that means practicing like with your husband or your partner, your spouse, or in the mirror by yourself, um, but just get comfortable talking about it and knowing what you're going to say when somebody asks, what do you do?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, like you said, it sounds so simple, but when I first started, Oh my gosh. Whenever I was in a situation where it was like small talk or you're meeting somebody new and you know that question's coming of like, what do you do for work? I would like cringe. I'm like, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me (laughs) because I just wasn't comfortable talking about it. I wasn't comfortable going into it. Usually I found that people like had no idea, but really that was like a self-limiting belief because genuinely people are really curious and like really excited when they hear about what you're doing. So I think that that's a really important tip. (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I mentioned the second tip is to move into the online space and work on building your online presence. So a huge part of my success in the beginning was that I had actually been working for VIP kid. And before that I had, a have been working with a blogging, a mom's blog group. I've been building my online presence with the blogging and I had worked with a network marketing company. So I already had a little bit of an online presence in that, I was comfortable posting on Facebook. At the time, I was really on Facebook a lot. I was comfortable posting on social media. I was working on getting comfortable on video. Um, At that point, it wasn't brand new to me. And that base audience that I had already established through those experiences, those were the people that helped me get my first clients. So wherever you are on your journey, if you're you're thinking about getting started, you're just getting started, like, it's time to start putting yourself out there so people can get to know you. I think the key thing for organic marketing is building your the know, like and trust factor for your business and your brand. And so all of the things I'm going to talk about today come back to that ultimately is that through talking about it, people are going to know you they know what you do when when you build your online presence, they they get to know your personality and your style of teaching and And then they're, they're going to trust you because they'll see you keep showing up over time. You're not just like a fad, right? You don't come and go, but you're really sticking with this and you're sharing valuable content and they trust that you can really help them with their problem, you know, with what they need help with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you're first getting started, it's, scary because you kind of feel like you have this blank slate, whether it's your Instagram page or your Facebook business profile or your blog or whatever it is, but you have to start somewhere. So starting now is better than starting next month or the month after that. That's what I always you know i have to bring this back to podcasting like that's what i love about podcasting is that it's you're getting free content out to people weekly it's a great way to build relationships with people it's a great way to let people get to know you and to build your authority and let people know that you know you're an expert on the topic that you're speaking on so if somebody's listening and they're just getting started if you had to pick like one or two places for people to really get started do you have advice on that rather than like starting everywhere, like if you had to narrow it down.
1: Yeah, that's a great question because that is something that a lot of my clients, they come to me and they're they feel overwhelmed by all the choices. And so I think you have to think about what's gonna work for you personally for your business, your time, where can you be consistent and really trust that whatever you decide is okay, right? You can start with one thing and it doesn't have to be the same thing other people did. And I do think you have to think about your market too. So if you work with college age students, then your market, your clients, college age students really aren't on Facebook very much. So I wouldn't focus there. Like you maybe are going to need to focus on like TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. or Instagram, yeah. you know, wherever college kids hang out these days.
0: Totally. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> I don't know. Somewhere. Um, <laughs> I feel um, very out of the loop. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, and if you work with like adults, like say you work with adult um, learners, you might want to focus on building a LinkedIn uh, presence. You know, I know some other um, tutor coaches really encourage everyone to get on LinkedIn. And that's something I do a little bit differently because I personally don't use LinkedIn very much um, because I don't feel like parents of elementary school students are looking for tutors on LinkedIn. Like I don't think that's, you know, now as I'm growing this other side of my business where I'm having the summit and I'm working with other educators, maybe I would develop a LinkedIn profile for that. But Mm -hmm. I think you have to sort of think about where's your market and what are you comfortable with? So podcasting is great Mm -hmm. if you are nervous about being on video and you don't want your face you know, on video as much, or you're nervous about being live because podcasting, we can, you know, we can do some editing if we make a mistake, you know, totally. So podcasting is great for that. If you love being on video and you you feel like a performer, you know, then trying live streaming, you know, getting on YouTube, that could be a great option for you too. I think in the beginning, 90% of my clients found me on Facebook and then, as I started growing Instagram, people started finding me there. But for elementary age students, my those parents are still a lot on Facebook.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. When I think of parents, I feel like Facebook, like a lot of Facebook groups, are good to look in and things like that. But I totally agree with you about really thinking about where your ideal clients are, where your ideal customers are, and how, like how are you best going to show up for those people. Right. So. That's
1: perfect. Right. Absolutely. And I will make sure to give you a link to include in your show notes, one of my free downloads. I actually just updated it for a summit that I'm speaking in uh, this month, but it's all about building your online presence for the, for the entrepreneur. And one of the pages in there, I talk about, you know, what's going to work for you here, are the different, you know, pillar content, like podcasting, YouTube, blogging, and sort of how,
0: you know, if you like speaking, this one might be good for you. If you like video, you know? Yeah. So That's perfect. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to, that'll definitely be in the show notes for people to download. That's awesome. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So we've got talk about your business daily, get comfortable with it, building your online presence. What is tip number three?
1: Tip number three is start to growing an email list. I think a lot of entrepreneurs or online educators they they forget about this step or they think uh, that's not for me it's too hard um I don't know what to send in an email every day yes. <laughs> or every week um I get a lot of those kinds of objections. You know, do you have an email list? Oh, no, I don't really know how to do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's huge. That's a huge tip. And, and that is because as much as we love social media, it is what we call like rented property, right? Yes. You don't own your social media space. And we all know that sometimes things happen on Facebook or Instagram, and there's glitches and there's been twice in the last few years that I can remember where it was down. Instagram yeah. was down and Facebook was down. And if Everybody you have an email list. Out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Everyone's freaking out. But if you have an email list, you can be like, okay, and just log into your email and send everyone an email. Like, hey, Facebook's down today. So I'm just shooting you an email, let you know what's going on. And yes. <laughs> so where's your your email list is really yours. Those are people who have agreed to be in your circle. They want to hear from you on a regular basis. And that can't just disappear, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's a really important an important step in the beginning that people sometimes push off and they think, oh, I, that can wait, that can wait, that can wait, but it really can't. You need to start right away building that email list of people that are interested in what you're doing and will help you grow your business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I am one of those people who put off starting an email list for a long time I, you know, I'm a service provider, but now you never know how your business is going to transform. And so now I'm creating digital products and you better believe I wish I had started my email list two or three years ago, but it is what it is. So I completely agree with you. I would go ahead and get started with it. Do you have a favorite platform that you use for email marketing?
1: Yes, definitely. I'm a huge fan of ConvertKit right now and I can definitely um, share a link with you As well, to put that in the show notes for people to check out. Yeah, they. I think it's really easy to use. I feel like it's super straightforward. It's very user friendly. Um, it can really grow with you, and they're they're always improving the platform. So I mean, now you can even sell digital products through ConvertKit, which is a newer feature. Yeah, I heard.
0: I heard about that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because some people will recommend like Mailchimp or you know MailerLite or there's all kinds of them out there, but I do think some of it is like right brain, left brain, like your personality, which one's going to work for you. Because to me, a platform like MailChimp, I found completely overwhelming. I didn't know how to use it at all and was not successful getting started there. But the nice thing is a lot of these platforms offer free trials. So I always encourage my clients to pick two that you're interested in, do the free trial, see how it goes, you know, how do you feel using it and then decide from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even if you did even if you got started on one, it's easy enough. It's pretty easy process to be able to switch to another one. So, yeah, that's a that's smart to kind of do that free trial, test it out, see if it works for you because they are all set up a little bit differently, but ConvertKit absolutely is one of the the biggest players out there and super reliable. And like you said, it really does have a lot of features and it can grow with you as your business grows. So, that absolutely. is Perfect. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And I think we we tend to overthink email newsletters. We think it has to be this like big, fancy, pretty looking thing. But for the most part, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I'm not looking for those kind of emails. Like I often don't even read if it has lots of buttons and links and, you know, separations and like, you know, I, I don't have time for that. Right. We're all super busy educators and parents often. Right. And so, I think it's okay to keep it simple and just give people a little update about yourself, share what you're doing in your business, provide value as often as you can. So if you're creating content on social media, include that in your email, right? When you send your email each week, send them a link to your Facebook post or send them a link to your newest blog or your podcast. That's a great way to repurpose content and get it out to reach more people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think simple is always best. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because it made me think, in your summit, I learned about Liz. Yes. I'm blanking on her last name. Wilcox? Liz Wilcox. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was okay to talk about her. Oh, for sure. (laughs) She is amazing. I'm obsessed with her and her content. And she's really the first person that – you know, the first email marketing person that I have been introduced to that I'm like, okay, I – I really like this person. I like how she explains things, how she makes things fun. She is Mm -hmm. incredible.
1: She is. She's incredible. And she's going to be in the summit again this summer. She's already agreed to. So I'm super pumped to have her back. But she is what she's a person. Liz Wilcox is her name. And I can definitely give you a link for that as well. Yeah, for sure. So that people can check out her content. But she is, she has made it easy and fun for me. She has a great product called 20 minute newsletters that. I, I literally time myself like I, a few times like I bought i like, okay, let's see Liz. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it really 20 minutes? And and I really can write a newsletter in 20 minutes now. Yeah. Uh, or before yeah, I would what's say. her
0: her tagline is like, if it takes longer than 20 minutes, you're doing it wrong or something like
1: that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And now she calls herself the fresh princess of email marketing. Which yes. I
0: love. <laughs> yeah. Her style is super fun and 90s yeah. and I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. And she has a great membership, which often, you know, we we're, we're here talking about Free ways to grow your business. but her her membership isn't free, but it is very affordable. It's nine dollars a month, and it is massively value, valuable. You know it'll really change the way you
0: email. <laughs> yeah, i I totally agree. I actually joined uh, last month. So I completely agree. And at nine dollars a month, I mean, for the impact that it's going to have on your business, highly recommend. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. All
1: right. Well, so that's growing your email list, working on email marketing. That's tip number three. (laughs) Perfect.
0: I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer, podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally. And I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. The best part, you can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. All right. Tip number four.
1: So tip number four is getting comfortable networking and doing more community outreach. So I think sometimes when people hear the word networking, they imagine like stuffy men in suits and, yeah. you know, but one of my mentors said she's a, what is she? A professional friend maker. I think she's, you know, oh, she's I like, like, it's, that. like, just think of it as part of your job to get to know more people and make new friends and not like every person you meet is going to be a client, but you just don't know how that person can connect you with somebody else. You know, through the summit, I made connections with lots of new entrepreneurs who then told their friends about me that I didn't know yet you know so i'm making these connections with people now they want to participate in the summit or they want to be on my podcast or you know it's all about helping get the word out about your business and your brand so you want as many people as possible to know what you do and who you are you want to be front of mind right so when your friend is at a cocktail party and you're not there and someone says, oh, my kid is really struggling with math or reading, I need a tutor. They immediately, you pop into their mind, right? <laughs> and yes. they say, oh, I have a girl. I know a girl for that, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So to me, that's that's what networking is all about. You know, getting to know people, whether you're emailing local schools, like depending on your area, if you have a in-person tutoring component, or you're just, you want to work with the schools in your area, like they need to know you exist, right? So emailing them, um, and just participating in entrepreneur groups. So I recently found, it was like a boss moms of Myrtle beach. So we recently moved to Myrtle beach and I don't know anyone here. Yeah. So, putting yourself out there and getting out of your comfort zone and going to these in-person events and when i was there i was able to you know connect with someone who's going to do who did headshots for me new headshots you know because i didn't know any photographers here and i want to find someone that i like their style like their personality i trust they're going to show up and i was able to meet someone in person you know and now they know what i do so there's all of this opportunity for referring people and business sharing and collaborating it just it has to be part of your marketing strategy.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love talking about this topic because I think it's one of the most important pieces when it comes to building your business is really building relationships with people, getting to know people, putting yourself out there, and you just gave some great examples of how putting yourself out there and like meeting new people doesn't have to be this big scary thing. We all have really different personalities and if you're more of an introvert and going to, you know, a big Traditional networking meeting is scary to you. You don't have to do that. You can meet people online. There's like you mentioned, lots of local meetups. A lot of most towns and cities have some sort of like local entrepreneurial meetup group that you just might not know about yet. But I'm sure that if you you know just Google it and you, where you live and see if if anything comes up or check it out on social media. But whether it's in person or online, just always coming from a place of wanting to build genuine connection and providing value to people, even if that person that you're directly speaking to doesn't need your services or doesn't need your product, they probably know somebody who does. And I just love how you worded that. You want to stay top of mind. You want to be the person that they think of when they are talking to somebody who needs what you do. Right, right,
1: and I love when I when I talk about this with my clients in my um, group program or if I'm mentoring uh, you know an educator, I love I have a perfect example of how this can work you know, out in the wild in the real world. so when I'll try to just explain it, but by being by saying top of mind by making sure people know what you do, opportunities will come about in the online space that, you wouldn't have access to if people didn't know you. So for example, in a mom's group that I've been a part of for a very long time, that mom's group, I've shared like my free content. Like I've shared podcasts, episodes I've done. I've shared freebies. I've shared, um, you know, all kinds of free content in there. So they know what I do now. So Anytime somebody in that group asks for a reading tutor or does anybody know a good reading tutor? Does anybody, you know, whatever the question is before I even see the post, I might not, right? We we don't see every single post on yes. Facebook. So I'm not even there. I don't even know this post has happened yet. And people are tagging me. Yes. People, other people in the group, some of them are people who've worked with me. Like, and they'll say, Oh, we hired Ashley. She worked with our daughter. It was amazing. Or they just know who I am and what I do. And because I've built this online presence, they trust, you know, they're comfortable recommending me, even though I haven't worked with their kids, (laughs) you know, they know what I do and they're comfortable and they're, and I'm being tagged. And then I'm being drawn to this post where I can comment and say, here's what I have open. Here's what I'm offering. And one client last summer that happened and she enrolled right away with me for tutoring. And she said, you just came so highly recommended. I mean, and there were other people on there, like, centers and as qualified, you know, or different degrees than me, you know. Yeah. But she she went with me because it's like an Amazon
0: review, right? Like we oh, buy absolutely. the product <laughs> with the best Amazon reviews. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so true. I like the biggest the biggest thing is people love to hire or buy because somebody else has recommended it. Word of mouth is I think will always win over qualification or anything like that. And I love your Facebook example because I completely agree. I think that's like when you know that you're doing something right, when you are the person getting tagged for like a very specific thing in a Facebook group. Yes.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and that does take time. I mean, a lot of the things we're talking about take time today, right? And that is part of the I don't even know if I would call it a drawback necessarily, but something to be aware of when you're doing organic marketing, it's really your, it's a long game, right? Like you are planting all of the seeds for the the growth and the things that are going to happen maybe two or three months down the line. So that's why it's really important to be consistent when you're doing any of these, whether it's email marketing or going online, um, you know, posting on social media, being consistent because, those posts get seen over time by different people. Um, And people have to, they have to get comfortable with you and follow you for a while often before they're ready to purchase something from you.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, same goes for podcasting. I mean, if you are a new podcaster and maybe you don't already have a big online presence, it is very normal for like, Even the first year to be like pretty steady and not see a ton of growth, it's something that happens over time. And the great thing about like podcasting and blogging, those are all forms of content that just get more and more attraction over time. So it's all well worth it if you just are willing to plant those seeds in the beginning. And depending on what you're doing, I mean, if you're doing something like starting a online tutoring business, it's not like you need hundred clients right away you know you right. only need a limited number and so starting small and, and growing as you go absolutely and I think a
1: lot of people worry about clients over time like they think uh, how am I gonna have enough clients forever you yeah. know right yeah but you just can't think that way because with tutoring especially you never know like some of your clients will come to you for a very targeted, season, right? Like they might just be doing summer tutoring with you, or they might just be trying to close this fluency gap or pass this exam. You know, there might be that, but a lot of your students will come in and stay with you for, you know, an entire school year and beyond. I have one student I've been going, oh my gosh, going on three years that we've been working together now. And that's, that's a really amazing relationship. And such a blessing to get to witness and be a part of their, you know, educational journey for all those years. So I love that you brought that up. Like you don't need a hundred students. No,
0: no. (laughs) I mean, I, I'm somebody who, I mean, I always babysat growing up. Like I started when I was really young and then I did some tutoring when I was a teacher. And I don't know, I'm sure this is the case everywhere, but when parents find a really good babysitter or a really great tutor that is reliable, they will want to cling on to you and they will tell their friends about you. And before you know it, you're not even going to have space for all the people that are contacting you.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And so I think it's great when you're starting, if you're thinking about starting a tutoring business and you're, you know, this is a great time, right? Like start now because we're headed into the summer. People are looking for a tutor and you'll get an idea about, you know, just what is what it's going to be like for you, what your schedule might look like, how many students you can really handle, because everybody's different. And success or fully booked can look different for different people. Oh, so yes, definitely. Um, I think it's a good time to, to just like dive in and get started.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So number five, and this is the one that I'm, I'm excited to hear about because I feel like this is the one that people are most nervous about.
1: <laughs> yes, for sure. So I saved this for last. Um, number five is to use video in your business. And people are probably like ducking for cover now, mm-hmm. right? They're listening. They're like running, I'm out. Yes. <laughs> I like the first four, but now we're done. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think it's important to get comfortable using video. And it doesn't have to be all live video. I mean, live video is great. Uh, whether it's an Instagram live or YouTube live, you know, when you get to a place where you're comfortable doing those, that it is a really great resource for getting your content, you know, getting your name and your brand out to more people. But you can do pre-recorded video and edit it so that you feel comfortable. Now, give yourself give yourself a number of takes that you're allowed. Like you can't do a hundred takes yes. of you know a ten minute video. But um, especially in the beginning, I think. If you can create some kind of a video that is an introduction video, so it showcases who you are, what you do, what do you have to offer, because video really is powerful when it comes to building that no like and trust factor. It's it's so powerful because people can see you, right? They can see your face; they know you're a real person. Because really, when you think about doing business online, we're, we're all virtually strangers (laughs) to start. Right. And so we're asking people to trust, trust us with their money, with their time, with their children. Um, Especially if you're tutoring kids online, the video is right in their home, you know, you're seeing into another person's home. So I really believe, especially in getting that introduction video done, so that parents can see you're a real person, and they can hear your voice and see your face. And it's just, it's a very powerful tool for building that no like and trust factor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. And I think like you said, if you're nervous about using video, start with pre-recorded, get comfortable, go from there. I know for me, like I've done hiring in my business. And if I'm looking around on Instagram and I go to somebody's profile and they don't not only do they not have video, but they don't even have like any pictures of themselves, uh like I'm like who is this person? <laughs> who right. is this person? And I'll just yeah, I'll go I'll move on because it really is powerful to be able to see the person that you are considering hiring or considering buying from. And yeah, I just think it's it's a powerful strategy for sure.
1: And another part of video that can help if you're nervous about getting started is doing something with a friend, doing or, or collaborating with another educator. Typically, you'll know some people, whether you've, you've met them online or maybe you know them in real life, another teacher, someone that you can get online with to do a video, whether it's a live stream or uh, like a mini training, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a whole big thing. Like you could just pop on for 10 minutes and tell families, you know, how to get their kids to read more this summer, or here's a really fun math game to play this weekend. You know, yes. you can keep it really small. But in the beginning, when I was doing video, you know, just starting to do video and getting more comfortable, I, I worked with other people a lot. I had if you go to my Facebook page and scroll way back in the videos, you can find um, a woman. Victoria was her name. I worked with for a long time and we did a weekly video session, you know, live together and we would pick a topic in advance, have notes for it. And it was live, but we were still preparing, you know, we knew what we were going to talk about. And then we had each other to sort of bounce off ideas from and support and encourage. And if one of us had a tech error, the other person was there, you know, to help. And so that probably would be, you know, 5A, right, is use video and like find a friend to help you get started. Because um, I think that can be a good way to just get more comfortable doing it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I think anytime you can have somebody with you as a support system, it makes things so much less scary. And just know, like with any other new thing that you try, it it's not going to be perfect in the beginning. It's not going to feel comfortable, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll become with it. So you right. just got to yeah. get started. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's um, I think it was, is it John Maxwell that wrote Failing Forward? I think that was one of the best <laughs> personal development books I read just about like, right, it's not perfect at first and you just have to learn from it and move on. And I found, like, I'm just honest about where I'm at when I'm doing video, even with the summit, I said in the live is "This is my first summit." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yay! It's so exciting. <laughs> but I also might make a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> you know. And I think people like that. They like seeing your authentic self, and they like seeing your journey and your growth and reminder that you are
0: human and yes. everybody. It makes yeah. mistakes and learns and grows as they go yeah
1: absolutely and like with reels I know a lot of people are doing reels on Instagram and that can be really intimidating if you go to my Instagram page and scroll down to my very first reel it's not great oh yeah <laughs> you know oh, yeah I think like, we could all say that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to move the text out of the way and like it yeah it wasn't good yeah. you know but so it's you could people can see that growth it's a progression and, and, yeah <laughs> right we can remind other people as they're getting started like everybody starts on day one, right? We all start with zero followers. We all have a first reel. Everybody does. So that content that's not perfect is very important.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sure is. You got to start somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, those were really, really helpful tips, Ashley, all five of those. Now, before I'm going to include that download going back to what you mentioned about your free download on building an online presence. I think that that will be really helpful for anybody who's just getting started. So that will be in the show notes. But before we go, I know that you have a podcast. Can you just quick tell us a little bit about your podcast and how that has been incorporated into your business and what that experience has been like for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, last... not last January here ago last January yeah. um, so my podcast has been around for just over a year now I guess and um it's called the reading project podcast and I decided that I wanted to Create a podcast that would have content for parents and caregivers mostly, um, although we do have educators that follow and listen along as well. So, I wanted to have guests that would come on and give really actionable tips and advice and strategies, recommendations for parents that might have a struggling reader at home or just are working on developing a culture of literacy in their home, but they feel intimidated by it. You know, these could be parents that. Maybe they got a report card back and they didn't understand any of the words on the report card. Like, how am I going to help my child? I don't even know what flu- fluency means, you yeah. know? So creating content that would demystify uh, some of the education world for families. And it's been well received. It's still growing for sure. Like you mentioned, it takes time to grow, but we have a pretty pretty solid base, I think, at this point of listeners and yeah gotten some great reviews or parents say, you know, they just they love it because they feel like they're sitting down and having a cup of coffee with me and the guests. And that's really what we want. We want I want to empower them to feel like they can support their kids with with learning at home.
0: yeah, i I love that. What a helpful resource for parents and for other educators. I think. You know, especially if you don't have an education background, or even if you do, because you know, even if you're a teacher, it's so different with your own child (laughs) that it's really helpful to have that outside perspective and and outside advice. So that sounds like an awesome resource. I will definitely be checking it out as a parent because I have a very stubborn four year old, and she's she's very interested in in learning how to read, and I know it's going to be a bit of a challenge coming from me. So. I yes. will take all the tips I can get, but I love that you've created that for your audience. And I'm sure it's a great way for parents to get to know about you and about your services and for you to connect with other educators through your interviews. So
1: yeah, awesome. absolutely. And that would be like the, the organic marketing part of having a podcast is that's free content. So as you're growing your Uh, your product suite, you're building your brand. You want to think about, you know, how are people going to access you at these different tiers and podcasting? You know, if someone comes to me and they need help, but they're not in a position to hire me for one-on-one tutoring, I don't have to walk away and leave them empty handed. I can say, you know, I don't have any spots right now, but here's my podcast. There's a lot of great content. Make sure you listen to episode five and six, you know, or whatever. Absolutely.
0: Yes. That's why I started my podcast because, you know, I have, packages where I launch people's podcasts and I have my monthly clients, but I also know that there are people who either aren't at the point where they can hire me or don't want to. They want to do it by themselves. So I wanted to have some, some sort of free resource for them that they could always turn to. So I love that you brought that up. Okay, real quick before we go, tell us uh, where people can find you.
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. I have two profiles. So I have a profile for the tutoring side of my business. That's at your reading tutor. And I share a little bit more about being a homeschool mom and just some more, you know, the personal side of life in South Carolina. So, um, and I'll share all about summer camps and I promote my podcast there as well. So that's where you can find information about the newest episodes every uh, Friday. I release a new podcast episode. And then you can also find me at Ashley underscore Mercurio, which is where I uh, share more about just business tips, um, you know, behind the scenes of being an entrepreneur. I'll share about the summit there, um, you know, do more collaborating with other educators in that space
0: there. Perfect, perfect. Go check her out and we'll be announcing. Definitely follow her, especially to learn more about the summit as well that's going to be coming up this summer. Super exciting. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of your knowledge about all of the tips that you gave us on how to get started with your business without spending a ton of money. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.